Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com. And welcome back to Moments in Proverbs, where we are walking our way through the book of Proverbs, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And we are in Proverbs 12, and today we're going to be talking about verses 15 through 28. And it is Tuesday, day number 47. I have a question for you. Does God judge believers and unbelievers alike? Well, we're going to address that question today. We have learned in our study in Proverbs that anything that goes contrary to the will of God, God considers wicked or evil and is a sin. You see, sin is sin. And and while we walk on this earth, God looks at our sin. There's no degree or level of sin. Um, but while we are here on earth, but a day will come, judgment day will come, where everyone, after leaving this earth, the books will be open and God will judge accordingly. For believers in Christ, they will stand before Christ at the judgment seat of Christ following the rapture of the church. But for unbelievers, those who have not believed nor put their trust in Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they will have to stand before God at the great white throne judgment following Christ's second coming. And so what I'm saying is that no one escapes judgment. And as I said, unbelievers, they will stand before God at the great white throne judgment and the books will be opened on their life. Everything, every sinful deed that they have done while in this life will be listed in that book and God will judge that person according to their sins and then they will be cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. <coughs> when I was a young teenager, I was on vacation and I was swimming with my cousins and I drowned. As I was going down for the third time, God showed me a vision of judgment for me. And as I was sinking down for that third time, I saw every sin that I had committed in my life, kind of like a TV screen, rolling and rolling and rolling. If you were uh, around, were in the days of test pattern when television first came out, they would roll and roll and roll and roll. And this is what it was like for me. I saw it just like a TV screen and thousands um, of sins were just rolled, spun around before me. And then I looked down below and I saw the flames of hell below me. And there was like a magnet pulling me down into those flames. And I, there's nothing I could do about it. I just kept sinking and sinking. And right before coming to these flames, I blanked out literally blacked out and but it was like a magnet was pulling me down into those flames and I couldn't stop it 
I could feel myself going down and I was helpless. So the next thing I knew though, after blanking out, I was laying on a on the dock and one of my cousins obviously had seen me, pulled me up, put me on the dock and was giving me mouth to mouth resuscitation. And praise the Lord, I revived. But what I knew is that I was going to hell. That was the impetus that brought me to come to Jesus and surrender my life to him. That was 28 years ago. If someone has accepted the Lord as his own personal Savior and Lord fully trusting in him, Judgment Day is going to be different than that of an unbeliever. Certainly different from what the vision that God had shown me because when I went down for the third time and saw saw judgment before me, I was an unbeliever. So, but here we have believers in Christ will stand before Jesus, will stand before Christ following the rapture of the church and the books will be open. Now, the book of our deeds will be open, but Jesus will find no sin on the pages of believers. You see, the pages of their sin will be blank because Jesus shed his blood and paid the penalty for the sins of the believers. Well, actually the sins of the whole world, but only believers received him so that they could experience freedom from the penalty of sin. Believers have been set free from the penalty of sin because of their faith and trust in Jesus. Believers, however, will be judged, but they will be judged by what they did for Christ and what they have done with what God has given them according to the gifts and talents that God had bestowed upon them. There's going to be no eternal penalty for their sins, but there will be eternal rewards depending upon how they serve Christ and mankind while on earth. Now, my life changed that day 68 years ago from death to life. I'm not afraid of death because hell is not my future home, but I will be spending eternity with Jesus. And I know that the book of my life will be white and clean because Jesus again shed his blood on the cross for my sins. He paid the penalty for my sins when I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. The believing Jews of the Old Testament, they believed in the resurrection and they believed in an afterlife. But their afterlife will be different than that of Christians. They will not inherit heaven like that of the believers in Jesus Christ. Jews have been promised a resurrection of the body to receive all the promises given to them through the prophets, which is the promise of their land and all of its blessings. Then they will be judged according to the Mosaic law. Their promised land, that will come when they believe that their Messiah will come to rescue them, which Christians know that time will be 
the second coming of Christ, where the Jews will simply see it as their Messiah's first coming. But we know it's Jesus' second time coming back to earth. All other people today, whether it be Jews or Gentiles alike, really, um, uh, since the time of of Pentecost, those who did not follow the Mosaic law will be judged and condemned to the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment when they stand before God to be judged. You see, those who did not believe in their heart who Jesus is and what he's done for them, they are considered unbelievers. And just like the Gentiles of the Old Testament, they will have to stand before God at the great white throne judgment. So understanding all of this, let's go into our teachings of today of Proverbs 12, starting at verse 15. A fool thinks he needs no advice, but a wise man listens to others. God considers a fool in the same category as someone who sins as wicked and evil. What a fool uh, does is definitely something that is contrary. God considers contrary to his will. And remember, anything that is contrary to the will of God, God considers it as wicked and evil. So then, a fool, a fool doesn't want or think that he needs advice. And a fool will just do as they want to do. Well, we need to be careful from whom we receive, receive advice from. Psalms 1-1 tells us not to take counsel from the ungodly. So then we need to find godly people who walk in godly wisdom to take advice from, meaning these godly people are walking in the wisdom of the Word of God. Verse 16 a fool is quick-tempered. A wise man stays cool when insulted. Again, a fool whom God considers wicked or evil often is quick-tempered, and his or her anger will flare up at unexpected times, whereas a wise man keeps quiet even when insulted and waits for the right moment to act appropriately in the situation they're in. The wise man will use the wisdom of God as written in his word and how to react really to any situation. As Christians, we must never forget, according to 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living within us and we have the word of God that we purpose to live by. Now, it isn't always easy to keep our cool when insulted. However, when we do, it's the Holy Spirit who's right there to remind us what the Word of God tells us and what to do and, and uh, what to say and how to act. We can never go wrong when we apply the Word of God to all situations. Verse 17 a good man is known by his truthfulness, a false man by deceit and lies. 
Here God uses good and the false in the same category as wicked and righteous. So one is contrary to the other. They're all similar words. Good or righteous man is known by others because he does not lie. A righteous man always tells the truth, whereas a false or evil man is known for hiding the truth, lying, and therefore deceiving people. Polar opposites. Verse 18. Some people like to make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise soothe and heal. Those who make smart cutting remarks to people do not have their best interest at heart. The purpose in making cutting remarks is to put a person down while the cutter lifts himself up. The opposite, however, generally happens. This person shows himself to be a a fool and the intents of his heart are exposed. Again, God's people are called to edify others. And as it says here in this verse, it brings words that soothes and heals. As it is written in the New King James Version, it says, do what we can do to promote the other person's health. So as Christians, we also have the power of the Holy Spirit within us, and it would be fitting to say to someone who is in pain or who needs healing to ask him or her whether you can pray for them. And most people willingly want those prayers given on their behalf. Verse 19, truth stands the test of time, lies are soon exposed. Yes, truth always stands the test of time, and that means lies will be exposed. The important thing to remember is always tell the truth. You will be respected for saying the truth. If, however, what you say is truth and others do not believe you, just wait. It will only be matter of time when the truth will come out. God will see to that. All we have to do is ask God to reveal his truth. And because he takes care of his own, he will bring the truth out at the right moment. Verse 20, deceit fills the heart, the hearts that are plotting for evil, but joy fills hearts that are planning for good. Always remember, God looks at the heart. Where there is deceit, where one is plotting evil, God knows about it long before the actions take place. God will judge that person according to his or her heart. And for those who plan good, the heart of the people, they are blessed. The New King James Version says of those who plan good are counselors of peace. So then we are counselors of peace. And in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 says that we are always to shed, to shod our feet with the gospel of peace. In other words, wherever we walk, 
wherever we put our feet. We are going with the purpose of peace and then every opportunity to shed the gospel. Shod, I keep saying shedding, but I mean shod our feet with the gospel of peace. Everywhere we go, we purpose to bring peace, the peace of Jesus, to whomever we meet, when whether it comes by our actions or our words. 21. No real harm befalls the good or the righteous, but there is constant trouble for the wicked. Here is where I think of the 91st Psalm, verse 10, where God promises us that no evil will befall us, nor will any plague come near our dwelling. For he gives his angels charge over us to guard and to keep us in all our ways. And even if we dash our foot against a stone, in other words, mess up, we do once in a while, his angels, God's angels are right there to lift us up in their hand to protect us. God gives favor to those who follow after him. God has our backside. The wicked, however, are continuously in trouble because they are on their own, because God has turned his back on them. The reality is that none of us, none of us can travel this life successfully without God. We will fall. (coughs) Excuse me. We will fall, some sooner, some later. (coughs) The wicked, however, are continuously in trouble because they're doing life on their own because God has turned their back on them. The reality... Verse 22, God delights in those who keep their promises and abhors those who don't. We can trust that God keeps all of his promises given out in his word, both to us as believers, but also what he promises unbelievers in this life and the next, that will come to pass. God delights and believes in promises kept. And shouldn't we be doing the same thing back to him and to others? See, God delights in promises kept. But God is not only saddened, but considers it an abomination to those who do not keep their promises. Again, it is sin and to not keep keep one's promise to God or to anyone is a very, very sad thing, and God considers it a sin. Verse number 23, A wise man doesn't display his knowledge, but a fool displays his foolishness. Just because you think you have all knowledge does not mean you go around displaying it. You would be showing off what you think you know, and that would be prideful and arrogant. Only a fool would do that. Verse 24. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and never succeed. 
Here again, we go back to Proverbs 6. Remember the ant? Work hard, it pays off. Like the, uh, the ant, hard work, hard workers do not need anyone to keep telling them what to do, for they automatically are on top of things, ready to do whatever is necessary to get the job done. Mankind needs to learn from these tiny creatures. Where we have hard workers, especially those who use their time wisely and apply godly wisdom to their lives, generally become leaders. Most people, if you have noticed, tend to be followers, and they will automatically follow those who work hard because hard workers generally make excellent leaders. Verse 25. Anxious hearts are very heavy, but a word of encouragement does wonders. Anxious people are worriers, and as their anxiety takes over them, it can lead to depression, anger, and this is a pathway to destruction. The Bible tells us to guard our heart at all costs, Proverbs 4.23, for out of our heart comes the issues of life. So if we want to live in freedom of doubt and worry and and anger and unbelief and disease, we must guard our heart against becoming anxious. Encouragement always lifts the heart, both from others and But we can always um, encourage ourselves as well. To encourage yourself, find a scripture that gives you peace and joy, and then purpose to keep repeating it over and over and over until you get it down in your heart. And you'll know, you'll know when it comes comes to your heart. You will know. Um, uh, You'll just have that inner knowing, that, that belief that you truly believe it. Now, Joshua 1.8 keeps telling us to meditate on the word of God day and night and then do what it says. For when we do, we will prosper and have good success. Verse 26. The good man asks advice from uh, from friends. The wicked plunge ahead and fall. Now, I've been reading from the New Living Translation. And so what I want to say here is that the New King James Version says that the righteous, those in Christ, should choose their friends wisely and carefully. We do become like the friends we hang around with, don't we? If our friends are living outside of God's will, guess what? You'll probably end up the same way. And if they, on the other hand, are living according to God's word, they will encourage you to do the same thing. And so here in the New Living Translation, it says a good man asks advice from a friend. So pick your friends wisely or you will plunge just like your friends who chose to do things contrary to the will of God, therefore becoming wicked in their ways. Verse 27, a lazy man won't even address the game he gets while hunting, but a diligent man makes good use of everything he finds. 
the slothful or lazy person. He may enjoy the hunt, but he's just too lazy to dress out his game. He lacks diligence. Here he went to all the trouble to hunt and capture his prey, but he's too lazy to enjoy the fruit of his labor. What he starts, he probably will not finish through a lack of ambition because maybe it's boring or some just unpleasant to do. But a man of diligence, however, makes good use of his time in that whatever he does, he uses his time wisely and makes good use of everything. In our last verse, verse 28, the path of the godly leads to life. So why fear death? The path of the righteous person walks in the wisdom of God. So furthermore, they're bringing life and happiness to themselves and to the people around them. So as Christians, we can see that this verse is saying that when we walk in the path of life, we will never see eternal death. As the righteousness in Christ, we will never be affected by the second death because we will be spending our eternal life with Christ. So there we have it. Chapter 12 is complete. And a lot was discussed with, uh, with King Solomon giving good advice. And he, the good versus the bad, the diligent versus laziness, truth versus lies, life versus death. A lot was said in this chapter. So we will again meet tomorrow. In the meantime, God bless you abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. So this is Pastor Joyce Erickson with BelieversBibleSchool.com. And we will check in again tomorrow. Bye-bye.